You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, joined by my wife, Leah Lynch, the Students Coordinator at Kingsway, and then our communications guru. That's what your your title says, right, Brooke Gensel? It should. It, it should. It should. No. <laughs> I'm not a guru yet, but I'm learning. <laughs> so communications manager. manager. All right. Well, welcome. And thank you for clarifying your title. Easter has happened in case you missed it over the weekend, the resurrection that we celebrated. And as I was thinking about the podcast, I thought, you know, we, we get to the resurrection and then so many times in, in Kingsway and in churches I've been in the past, the next Sunday is just a new series about something else. Sometimes churches have gone into Acts. We will go into the Lazarus life, which is a, such a good book that we'll be reading along with as Pastor Matt shares uh, that book starting this Sunday. But I thought we don't talk a lot about those 40 days when Jesus had risen from the dead. And then what did he do? And so looking at the gospels, there's three different gospels that have some of the stories. John 21 fascinates me in that it talks about Jesus and this miraculous catch of fish and then reinstating Peter. And that's the whole thing. We're talking about 25 verses that's mostly focused on this story. And so We'll read a little bit of it. Feel free to grab your Bible or you can just listen along as well as we just take a look and have our minds set about this pivotal time when Jesus is yet to ascend into heaven. And here he is with his disciples. And in this case, it is Peter. Uh, We will start in verse three. Uh, It says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So some of the other disciples as well, Thomas and Nathaniel, uh, sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples who don't get mentioned, unfortunately, those poor guys. They only get extra credit. They don't get their name in lights. And, and anyhow, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did that, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the large net ashore. It was full of large fish. Listen to this. It says 153. The specificity of that. Specificity? Specificity. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Who counted? I mean, John, I guess. 153. But even with so many of the nets were torn, Jesus said, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So just, we'll we'll continue to the second part of the story in a minute, but first, ladies, what what sticks out as you read this, and and what's powerful about this, thinking that he just rose from the dead, and here's Jesus kind of going through a normal routine to, to... 
cook some fish and some bread and eat. I mean, it's so routine in some regards and yet so powerful in others. I would say there are three different parts that stand out for me. Um, One is just the fact that um, John, which it always makes me laugh when he said the disciple whom Jesus loved, like, way to go, John. You're just like patting yourself on the back. Yeah, he seems so arrogant at first. <laughs> a little bit, I'm but... the one that Jesus loved. But I've heard but, other people say, you know, he was being humble yeah. and he didn't want to be named. He didn't want to be part of the story. Right, and absolutely. He, he just saw himself lower. Oh, Jesus loves me and that's all I need to know. Right. Mm-hmm. But you see it like as he um, as he sees the, the miracle take place, it automatically c- clicks with him. And maybe it clicked before that it was Jesus, but like it just stands out to me so much that like at that point, that's when he was able to identify, oh, this is the Lord's work. Like that has mm. to be the Lord standing right there. Um, and then also just the excitement of Peter um, just jumping into the water, like as soon as he finds out that it's Jesus, like he's just all in. He just, he can't even wait for the boat to get there. At least I'm assuming, like I'm picturing this, like Peter's just like, it's Jesus. And he just like sprints off of the, the boat and just wants to go swim and to get to shore even faster than what the boat can bring him. Brooke, you love the Enneagram. Peter's a seven, isn't he? He's and just probably, going. Probably, yes. He's just, he's just going. No no control of his impulses. He just goes for it. Oh, yes. Um, but then the last part that always stands out to me so much that I used to always overlook was um, the pure fact that, that Jesus is on the shore and he's eating mm. the fish and the bread. And before, I didn't really catch the significance of that. But as I've done more um, studying on this scripture specifically, you know, what, what comes to mind for me so much is like how he time and time again after the resurrection is trying to show his humanness that mm. it's not that he is just, you know, a ghost mm. or whatever, that he is back to being human. Mm. He's fully resurrected and the humanness of needing to eat, needing nourishment, um, I, I just think that's so fascinating. So three completely random takeaways yeah. for me, but um, those are the things that stand out the most. For me, the very first thing that stood out um, goes along with your second one with mm-hmm. Peter. And as I, as we read through that and this idea or the, it's not an idea. I mean, it's what it says happened that, you know, he immediately got out. As mm. soon as he heard, he got out. This is the same guy that earlier in Jesus's ministry, he was like, Lord, if this is you, tell me to come. Mm-hmm. Where he didn't say, you know, Jesus, is that really you? You know, am I going to, am I going to get out of the boat again? Where this time it was just an immediate response to the realization that he was in the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, he jumped out and mm-hmm. he, I mean, he didn't even wait to try and walk on water. He just <laughs> did what he had to, to get to Jesus that time. And I just, the similarities, but the um, stark contrast between that and between the two times where he was encountering Jesus, who was outside of the boat while he was inside of the boat. Um, it's just really cool to see the, um, the growth, I guess mm-hmm. you can say, in Peter. And even the 
you know, this, the last half of this chapter, you know, we get into that even a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but just this growth that we see in Peter after he has, um, walked on water and then sank because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this is not long after he has denied that he even knew Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that fascinating too, because think about like in my own sin, if I were to deny Jesus, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm, I'm human and Mm -hmm. I have sin in me. Mm -hmm. And so there are times where, you know, maybe I have denied Jesus and, you know, oftentimes we, we carry this shame with us Mm, and and there might be some embarrassment, like, Oh, I just denied this Jesus who I just watched be crucified Mm -hmm. and now he's resurrected and I have no shame. You know, Mm -hmm. just like even just feeling Mm -hmm. the comfort of Jesus at that time, like to not even have any hesitation before jumping out of that boat and wanting to to uh, get to Jesus as fast as he can. Mm -hmm. That's just so powerful. Yeah, that that reckless abandon Mm -hmm. in Revelation, Shane Wood, who's a, a revelation expert of sorts out at Ozark Christian College, he talks about how water back then was was chaos, was scary, you know, today, even today, you, you don't want to be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean with, without instruments and without science. And, and I don't want to be in the ocean at all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet back then they had even, even less of that. They had no idea it was scary. It was dangerous. And for him, you know, it's early in the morning. Was it light out? Was it still dark? Was it twilight? Who knows what's in that water? He is diving in and swimming a hundred Yards, the length of a football field to get to Jesus. There is no safety. There is no fear. He's got to go back. And, and, and what a beautiful sight Jesus welcomes him in, first with the breakfast, and then in verse 15, after they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, so a conversation between these two. I can just imagine John, you know, getting out his his scroll and saying, oh, something's good's going to happen here. Is he going to give him a big rebuke? Is it going to be uh, forgiveness and a happy ending? What's going to happen? And he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know, I love you. And Jesus replies, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God And then he said to him, follow me. And Peter turned and saw that the disciple who Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned, talking about John. And Peter saw him. And and it's so interesting that that Peter doesn't just go, but he's he's like, hey, what about John? (laughs) Is John included too? You know, that competition that we saw as they ran to the tomb and and, and Peter and John are racing. There it is again, perhaps showing its hand or maybe that's just us, the competitive Americans reading into it. But (laughs) verse 22, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive till I return, that's, is that to you? You must follow me because of this uh, rumor spread among the believers 
orders that this disciple would not die, but Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And then John kind of closes it. And so what, 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 a, what a cleansing of Peter down by the water. Almost, it doesn't happen in the water. It's not a, a full immersion baptism, but it's interesting that it happens right there along the shore. And in the three times, Leah, that he's, he's remembering back to the three times he was denied. Right, yeah. I mean, it is, I, as we read through that, and, you know, from our perspective, you know, we're just, we're, we're seeing things differently than what Peter was seeing them in the moment because Peter was living in that moment. And, you know, he, I, I don't know, was Peter thinking that, oh, well, Jesus just asked me three times. I just denied Jesus, you know, three times. Or, you know, was he thinking any of that? Um, and we don't really know. But I look at that. I see that. I see that Jesus asked him three times. And to me, that's a, um, like, it's an encouragement of the grace that Jesus is willing to give. That it's not Jesus just saying, um, you know, I'm going to forgive you and give you grace for this thing, but not this thing. Um, here it was okay. Here you did a little too much mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. That Jesus is saying that I am going to, you know, my death on the cross, my resurrection, it redeemed all of it. Mm-hmm. It didn't just redeem part of it. And there is, you know, there's no thing, no sin, no shame, no guilt, no any of that, that can make Jesus look at us and say, nope, I don't have enough for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so intentional with every single thing, you know? Yes. Um, gosh, I feel like I'm so identifying with Peter a lot in this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I referred to the shame or the embarrassment mm-hmm. that he might have been experiencing, and and now, you know, he, he is experiencing that hurt. Like, Jesus, why are you making me tell you a third time? Like, right. uh, there's almost this, like, do you doubt me? Do you... Do you not believe in what I'm saying? Um, but it shows how intentional the Lord is mm-hmm. that um, he He did exactly as he said, Leah. You know, he um, was very intentional about extending grace to every single one of those denials. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that Jesus didn't believe what Peter was saying, right. Right. but he was giving, he was equipping Peter with, mm. well, this is, if you love me, this is what you do. Okay, right. move forward. Yep. Um, and just the, the healing that can come from um, repentance, mm-hmm. from turning back to God and, and really accepting that grace and, you know, getting to the place where, where Peter could say, you know, could have reckless abandon as he jumps off right. the boat right. and, and goes to Jesus. It's interesting, this, this chapter, this book closes in verse 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. John writes that after 24 verses about one story. He could have written about all the other ways Jesus appeared after his death and resurrection, but he chose this one. And and I think it's, I think for two reasons. Number one, he's propping Peter up. Like you said, Brooke, he is equipping him first restored relationship, but then in front of these other disciples to say, Peter has authority. He's remember when he said, uh, remember when I said, Peter, that I'm going to build my church on you on this rock. I will build 
this church, that's you. And so he's building him up. He's giving him the authority in front of the other disciples. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, it's all about grace. Mm -hmm. It is all about the forgiveness we've talked about here today. And so as you are perhaps basking in the glow of Easter, the resurrection Sunday, perhaps Monday didn't go very well for you. And you're like, oh, I thought I, I thought I started over. I thought it was a new step for me. Think of Peter. Think of those three times he denied his Savior, his Lord, that he had spent three years with. And think of what Jesus said to him. Be my sheep. Do you love me? Then go. Mm -hmm.